0: Writing Easy, the podcast that takes the act of writing, which can sometimes be not easy and tries to make it less not easy. I am one of your hosts, Mary Mascari,
1: And I'm your other host, Melissa Long.
0: So today we're going to talk about boundaries, and uh, which is always kind of a funny conversation. It's like, okay, we got to talk about boundaries so <laughs> that assumes that some have been crossed right? and uh, just brings up unpleasant thoughts, but we're not talking about like, well, we are kind of talking about personal boundaries, right? I mean, that's part of it.
1: Yeah, like personal boundaries for writing, but then also like, I think boundaries are fascinating because boundaries are a source of conflict and I am all about conflict. You know, drama is conflict. Um, Love the So drama. I think there's a lot of way to, ways to mine that for story content.
0: Mm. So you're, you're not just talking about like in your writing life, setting boundaries, but also talking about boundaries in the work itself.
1: Yes, it's a two for one special.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I like that very much. I mean, I like the first aspect, you know, plenty, but the second aspect I like even more. So I'm very excited.
1: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, and I can't take credit for this idea. It, the, I feel like the universe has been putting this on my radar for the last month. It just keeps <laughs> popping up in different ways and conversations that I've had in a book that I'm reading. And then I happen to go and check out um, a podcast that I listened to and in the feed like maybe two weeks ago. There was um, an episode of The Screenwriting Life, which has Meg LeFauve, our favorite Pixar emotions guru.
0: Podcast favorite. uh,
1: Yes. (laughs) And uh, her co-host, Lorian McKenna. And they did an episode on boundaries and drawing boundaries for your characters and your writers. And it was helpful. It was inspiring and interesting and all the things that Meg makes you think uh, yeah. When you're you're writing and thinking about how to mine your own experiences, but I also was like, I have so much to say. <laughs>
0: so, well, so. if only you had your own podcast. But if Wait, only. you do.
1: <laughs> so I will put the link in the description, of course. Um, Excellent. But yeah, it just got me thinking about all the different ways in which we set boundaries for ourselves and what are boundaries, and then also thinking about how we can use that in our storytelling.
0: That's wonderful. I-
1: Tell I want to hear all of it. Tell me everything. <laughs> well, first, I think there is something really exciting to me about defining boundaries and what are boundaries. So um mm-hmm. you know it's, make a, it's sh- a power. It, there's power there. <laughs> there is power there. It actually like that's one of the things she says is setting boundaries gives you agency and it builds up your confidence because it allows you mm-hmm. to understand what's in your control and what's not in your control. Um, And the more you practice setting boundaries, the more powerful you feel because you're getting what you need and you're articulating what you need in your life.
0: There's a definition, right? There's a, there's a, you know, this and no more, not this and this. And that's, yeah, there's definitely some, there's a lot of strength there. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah. It makes us, it makes us feel safe. It makes us feel empowered. Um, It takes away some of that ambiguity or the anxiety that comes from not having clear, boundaries or expectations um Mm -hmm. yeah so there's there's a lot a lot there and I think that when we talk about when I first started thinking about boundaries and writing I was like oh they're gonna say like carve out your writing space and your time and like do you have an office and like making sure people aren't violating that space when you're trying to work and I think that's all part of it um but it, it can also be in terms of support because like when somebody is violating your boundaries, it can make you feel like the thing that you're not, you're doing is not significant or meaningful or that they mm. don't respect you because they're not, they're pushing up against that limit. And I thought, oh, well, this is really interesting in terms of how people view themselves as a writer. And when people call themselves a professional or full-time writer versus somebody who's not getting paid and it's seen as a hobby, Like all of those things play into how we set our own boundaries.
0: Yeah, that's what you're saying. So there's not just the boundaries you set within your own life, but kind of the boundaries of how you define yourself of like, are you pro? Are you not pro? Are you good enough? Are you not good enough? Those boundaries also Mm
1: -hmm. are things
0: to be aware of.
1: Yeah. And they influence then what, um, what expectations and how you expect others to treat you. In the space Mm. right because if you define yourself as well this is just a hobby and i just do it for fun and so it's okay if you invade my space (laughs) or it's okay if i have to deprioritize right um or it's okay if i give you this to publish for free and i don't ask for money for it because i've set this expectation in my head that like well i'm just doing it for fun anyway
0: right but if you set a boundary it says no i'm a professional you know, regardless of, you know, uh, paychecks or publishing, just like, Nope, I'm doing this as a professional. That's going to change the boundaries that you set and how you expect to be treated, how you, what you expect of yourself. Yeah. It's fascinating. Never thought of it that way.
1: So I like that. I, and I'm also, um, reading the book that I'm reading is called set boundaries, find peace by, uh, a woman named Nedra Glover Tawab. I may be pronouncing that wrong. And if so, if she's listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I discovered her on Instagram towards the beginning of the pandemic. A friend recommended her to me. And she's a licensed therapist and um, relationship expert, coach, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. and her stuff is so so easily digestible and um relatable and she does a lot of like listicles on her Instagram account where it's kind of like the hey here's five signs that you know somebody's not respecting your boundaries or here's five types mm-hmm. of um you know five reasons why you may not be comfortable s- establishing boundaries or here's how emotional trauma manifests in adults, uh-huh. right? Like, so there's all these lists and you're reading them and You're like, yep, yep, yep.
0: <laughs> some of those are, some of those are little called out. You're like, wait,
1: I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she has a new book uh, that came out in March and it's fantastic. I'm about halfway through it, but she defines boundaries as there's like six different types. So she says there's actually physical boundaries, which is like your own personal space. There's sexual boundaries, There's intellectual ones, so like how people treat and view your opinions and how you seem you're you're heard. There's your emotional boundaries. And then there's material boundaries, which are your physical possessions and things. And then there's time. And so uh, you can set boundaries in any one of those. Sometimes we set them automatically, like sexual boundaries are pretty much societally established, yeah. right? Like, Hopefully. But <laughs> uh, yeah, like, but then time is something that like we think of, but we don't always establish very, or we, or we may be in a period in our life where we need really flexible boundaries around time.
0: I think and yeah, it's important to, to understand what yours should be and to be able to ask for them. Yeah. Because once again, we keep getting into this writing slash therapy kind of intermingling and how they they really all...
1: They're they're complete overlap. And I am like, Mm -hmm. I I will say, I am a self-help guru junkie. Like, I read all the books um, because I'm always thinking about character development for story. And it was kind of accidental that I was like, oh, this is helpful for me too. (laughs) Because I didn't seek out reading them to try and figure out how to solve my own traumas and life experiences. Uh, It was really for character development. I was just intrigued. And when I started reading this book, I kept going back to all of the different conflicts that can manifest in characters. Because if you have a character who is really bad at setting boundaries, like that creates conflict between relationships. So one that you see a lot that is a trope is the workaholic, right? The professional, the mm-hmm. the father, the absent dad, who's like, obsessed with work or the, um, lawyer, attorney, first responder who like can't balance work and family, right? Those are boundaries. Mm -hmm. And that's often where you get conflict because the partner at home or the kids are like, I never see you. I need to see you. And there's a constant clash that comes up because of their inability to set and then manage and respect boundaries.
0: That's really cool. And that's, I like that because that gives you another ways to, to kind of mess up your characters. Cause it's kind of, it, I personally always struggle with that. It's just like, well, they need a flaw. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what's wrong? But to be able to kind of dive in a little bit and say, all right, let's let's pick from here. What are some of these boundaries that they have trouble setting, and therefore that does this, and therefore, and then you kind of get the ball rolling that way, as opposed to just, oh, I don't know, they're just emotionally distant. You know, just mm-hmm. like it's always yeah. the same thing. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and it's like it's like that asking the why because. It's easy to start with, okay, they're emotionally distant, but why? What is it about Mm -hmm. their past or their experiences that makes them hesitant or has made them create that boundary of not letting people in? And often it's like that's a behavior that they learned to protect themselves. So it can create a lot of conflict in terms of now they're not letting people in, but they may need to in order to survive or to do this task in the story.
0: Yeah, everything we do, we do it for some there's some benefit to it whether it, it is a good benefit or if it has negative things that completely offset and more there's always a beneficial reason why we do it at first mhm so yeah it kind of goes with that too of, of of either doing thing or not doing a thing what's the what was the good thing they were trying to get out of that okay mine into that mess with people's heads
1: yeah exactly and so you could have characters who have inappropriate boundaries or they have a boundary that no longer serves them and they're trying to figure out how to reset yeah. new boundaries. You can have characters who um, are searching, you know, when you think of something like Breaking Bad and that character is trying to find and set and establish new boundaries as a response to his diagnosis, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's like a constant show of like readjusting boundaries, whether they're healthy or not. They're just like setting these limits and boundaries. And how do I engage and show up with the world because they're unsatisfied with the status quo? Um, And that, again, creates conflict in your family and who you work with and your boss. And everybody, I think what I love about the the book that um, Nedra wrote, it speaks to... The different ways in which, like the different ways in which there are audiences, or, or I don't know, audience is probably not the right word, but like mm-hmm. different core groups of people in your life are going to respond differently to mm-hmm. boundaries, and you're going to have different challenges setting a boundary with a boss or an employer than you may with your spouse, than you may mm-hmm. with your parents or your child. Right? You're going to do it in different ways, yeah. and there are going to be there's going to be different pushback. Yes, it's
0: another good way of of helping to define the relationship. Mm-hmm is, you know, it's, I, I always, I always use the metaphor for things like this. It's like a, like you're golfing and you know, you've got, when you're golfing, you have different clubs that you use for different scenarios, I'm told. um, And the more golf clubs you can get to pull out when you need them, the better. So this is a really great golf club of define your boundaries. Like where, where is this, where are these characters' boundaries in these different, um, Facets, you know, they're emotional, they're sexual, they're physical, or time. Where are they healthy? Where are they not healthy? Because that's the other thing is you can't make your character completely messed up, like every part of their life is a complete failure. Yeah, it's hard to do. (laughs) It's like a certain point you're like, give me something. (laughs) Like, can the guy get up in the morning? Like, no, nothing. You're like, okay, I got nothing to work with. But to say to tweak that and to say, all right, what if I change this? How? What would what actions would they take there? Is that the way I want my story to go? Um, and then the decision-making is a whole nother, uh, whole nother thing. But yeah, so I like this. I like, I like this as a, as a mechanic to use to kind of come up with that stuff because I, I oftentimes, okay, I'm going to go off again. I often kind get the, the impression from people who are, who are teaching writing or writing books about writing, um, that these ideas just sort of come, you know, mm-hmm. so we like, okay, let's figure out a plot. Okay. So our character needs a flaw. Let's say they're, you know, uh, afraid of snakes right? Okay. So that's their flaw. And, and they just like, boom, it just and, and you kind of get the idea like, oh, that's how, how fast you do it. You just kind of come up with something and that's what you base your entire book on. But you, that, no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You've got to really think about it. And you have to think about, all right, I've made this decision. What consequences does that have? Is that the way I want my story to go? Yes. Great. Let's move forward. No. Okay. Let's go back and let's change something a little bit. It's like at the, the, eye doctor you know how they're you're flipping all these little lenses until you have the prescription of how you want your character to be and and that flipping can be can express itself all sorts of different ways maybe you do that through drafting maybe you do that through outlining maybe you do it through screaming at the dog whatever um i think it's important to understand where how valuable something like this is in that it helps you flip that lens a little bit and give you something else to work with try to figure out what that heck you're going to write about
1: <laughs> exactly and it's it's one of i don't want people to panic if they're not a a plotter and they're not into outlining or doing intensive character development at the beginning because it's still relevant when you're revising and maybe even more so because as you're looking back at those first and second drafts and trying to figure out what's working and what's not or somebody says well i don't understand the character motivations here or i don't like this character this is the kind of work you can do to make them more three-dimensional. And I think it's just going to strengthen the story as you refine and mold it into the theme that you want to tell and the questions that you want to explore.
0: Yeah. You'll back into that. You know, it's just, you, you get, you have to do the same, cover the same ground. It's just the direction you come from. So when you pants, you kind of have the result you need to back up and figure out the source. And this might be ways to figure that out. And then you can go back forward and layer it in and stuff. So, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a I have a feeling like I have this theory. It's un completely unproven, but I think that. Um, Still, good enough. Yeah, yeah, I think that writers are like the, the writers, especially who pants, are doing a lot of this work in their head, and they're like, I think writers and artists are intuitively, keen or aligned to, some of these dynamics, some of these psychological aspects, right? Like we're studying human nature and I think it comes Mm -hmm. easily to us. We can spot things. So they just kind of intuitively find their way (laughs) into the story. But then I think when you know more about these practices, you can quickly identify, oh, this is why I I put this here. I wasn't paying attention or I didn't deliberately say, I want them to have X, but this is what's happening. This is the real tension. And then you can mine it and expand it and make it deeper or even more traumatic (laughs) for your characters.
0: Yeah. But for me, pantsing is really just uh, an outline in prose form.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's just, you're doing the same work. You're exploring. You're figuring stuff out. At least for me, the way I yeah. do it, which is extremely inefficient. And boy, I wish I would. I could do it faster, but I just can't. Um, so yeah, it's all the same stuff. And and to kind of actually stay on topic, more or less, eh, is that things like this, like let's look at the character's boundaries. Let's look at this facet, this aspect. You know, and maybe only. You know, like just let's just look through this lens and see if we can help use that to help us figure out the things we need to figure out to define this character, to uh, enrich this character and to give you ideas of stuff to do as well. Yeah. (laughs) You know,
1: it all, it all helps. Yeah. This is where the plot and the character connect Mm -hmm. because that's, you know, you want your plot to derive from the, the character choices that, you know, the choices that your specific character would make.
0: And the character needs to be distinctive from everybody else. you not, you know, everybody else in your story and just make them interesting. And these are ways to do that, mm-hmm. to, you know, pump up different things and to, you know, these are, these are the, the spices you add into the dish of the character to make it, to give it a distinctive flavor. Ooh, she's met. I'm, I'm rocking the metaphors today. <laughs> Look at me go.
1: <laughs> I love it. Oh
0: my goodness. So we will put the link to the podcast In our notes and the link to the book you're reading. Yeah. In our notes. And um, we should probably wrap up because we're getting to be be about time maybe. Yes.
1: (laughs) That is approved. We should wrap up. (laughs) All
0: right. I'm I'm glad. Good, good. (laughs) So last thing, uh, I'm going to put that plea in to please, if you can, give us a review on wherever you can. It looks like the only place I've seen to do reviews is Apple Podcasts. But that can't be true. You've got to be able to do it on, on Stitcher and Spotify and all those other things, right? You've got to.
1: I think you can. I think you can star it or like give ratings. I don't know if you can do re- full yeah. reviews.
0: Okay, but we'll well, give see. us something. Give us some love, please, because um, that helps other people find our podcast and that makes us feel like we're doing something worthwhile. <laughs> and uh, if you enjoy it, maybe someone else will too. And We all gotta support each other in this crazy business. So. With that, I'm just going to remind you that writing is hard.
1: So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. Bye, everybody. Bye.